Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Run It Back. I'm your host, Cole Oxy, here with uh, co-host, Kostikatsoulis. What's going on, guys? Sorry we missed out last week. I yeah. bailed last second. I'm not going to lie. That's why we missed the show. But we're back now. We are back on this beautiful Monday, October 21st, 2019. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode today uh, for some prior commitments, but we are committed on giving you the best of the best as far as information and important news goes. First thing I want to get into, because I've had strong opinions on this, um, is the whole situation with Daryl Morey, LeBron James, and China. So if you're not politically interested or paying attention to what's going on in Hong Kong, there are, Hong Kong is in the process of becoming part of China, was a territory of the UK for a very long time, and now is becoming, like, is in the process of becoming Chinese. And through that process, uh, Chinese legislators are making laws that could essentially extradite people of Hong Kong for crimes and send them to China. So they've been protesting this a lot. And they've, there's been crazy, crazy protests. It's been all over the news for probably like a month. Um, Daryl Morey, the Rockets GM, essentially, or no, what he does is he tweets out support of the protesters, you know, supporting democracy, all that good stuff. Uh, but the NBA has a lot of... Um, has a lot of business, a lot of business ties in with China. Yeah. You know, China brings in a lot, a lot of money. A lot of sneaker sales go through China. NBA is huge in China. There's basketball games in China, preseason games, stuff like that. Uh, super important. Or you know, there's a lot of connections that you know that are at risk in this situation, kind of to say the least. And and for some reason, LeBron, um, LeBron was asked about the whole Daryl Morey situation. And spoke more on it. Personally, the way I think of LeBron, I, I am a big LeBron fan. I like him. Um, I'm not against him being uh, politically outspoken, uh, anything like that. I think he's a good guy. Uh, but my problem here is I don't think... he He's protecting his bag over uh, saying what he believes in. And I hate the hypocrisy in that when you care about all these issues domestically and you're standing up for rights domestically, but then when something happens where it could affect your business abroad, you're being a total hypocrite. Mm -hmm. so what he said was he didn't think that Daryl Morey was educated on the situation. Mm -hmm. I disagree. I think Daryl Morey was very educated on the situation. Maybe he didn't say what he should have because, uh, because, you know, that's bad for business. And like, that's one of those situations where it's like, it's like if you are working for a business and, um, and like a company that your business is working with, you know, you probably shouldn't say bad things publicly about that company, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which, which makes sense. Um, but to say that he's uneducated, I think is wrong. I think LeBron in this case uh, probably shouldn't have made a comment because as someone who is such a big political activist, you know, he's not standing up for people. Um, and I know he he, for the longest time, you know, he wants to be, like the Muhammad Ali's, he wants to be like the the Jim Brown, standing up for, standing up for what's right, and I do power to him. Mm -hmm. I I completely support that, but I hate the hypocrisy in all of this. Um, I hate that he, you know, if if it if it comes down to him making money, he's not going to he's not going to do what he wants, and you know what? It just makes him look like a sellout. 
And that's kind of a bummer to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you want to be a billionaire, be a billionaire. I um, I respect your decision, but I just am not a fan of the the entire hypocrisy in in what you're in what you're saying and your actions. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that completely. And I think you know, as a little like political aside here, just for anyone listening, if you don't know, this is not this is not new. What's going on with uh, China and Hong Kong? I mean, yeah, you can take this specific situation with extradition and the kind of laws being made by Chinese legislation, but kind of a, a human rights issue between these two countries um, and how China has been kind of oppressive. A lot of the stuff that you're hearing now has been behind closed doors for a lot of years. Um, and this isn't kind of new news, but now it just has a lot of relevance because now the NBA is involved because Dara Mori, you know, said something about the situation. But I think when it comes he, he, to... He just tweeted. That's yeah, exactly. He, he tweeted about it, whatever tweet. he did. But he put it out into the media sphere what he thought about it. And when Dara Mori does it, his name is connected to the NBA automatically, right? He can't control that, but that's the fact of the matter. Mm-hmm. But I think when you think about this situation now, the thing about LeBron is that he is both at the same time. He is both a very political activist. He has a lot to his name. He says a lot about a lot of different subjects. But then at the same time, he has huge deals with Nike. He has a big thing with the NBA. He's the he's in many ways has been the face of the NBA for many years now. Right. Absolutely. So LeBron usually attempts to play both sides at once. Hmm. So I'm not going to tell an athlete that he or he or she can't do that, right? If you have the power that he has both politically and economically to kind of have an effect on both things at once, then more power to you as an athlete. But if you're going to do that, you have to know how to walk that line and not sway from one side to the other because you do look like a hypocrite. And for most of the time, LeBron's pretty much done that. When he's been political about certain things, he's left out the other part of it, or he's been smart enough to not include things that involve his business ties when he wants to get political. And the same can be said vice versa. So now you find yourself in this situation where when LeBron opens his mouth, it doesn't sound like, first of all, he's not actually... He's not taking a side specifically. Oh, Daryl Moore should shut his mouth because he's wrong. No, he's saying he's not educated on the subject. But like you said, when people hear this, you sound a lot like a hypocrite because in the past, if you're going to act like this activist for things that anyone else would agree with, obviously in this case, is something as simple as human rights. It looks like you're, like you said, kind of protecting your business interests over what you've said you've stood for in the past. So I think this is just a situation, LeBron, not knowing and not, not, not knowing, but he didn't walk the line properly this time. He, I think this was a situation where he should, have, he should have stayed impartial and nothing ever would have really came of it. But because his name is attached to it and because of what he's done in the past, it makes him look really bad, unfortunately. And look, even on top of that, what I wanted to say is that he was, he was about to play a preseason game in China. So he was on his way to China. I understand not wanting to say anything bad about China. But when it comes to the press, I'll just say, I'll just say I would not like to comment on this at mm-hmm. this time. That's it. Yeah. That's all you have to do. And then you're not a hypocrite. You're not a sellout. Mm-hmm. That's all you had to do. Yeah. And this would have just moved on. But instead, instead it became a huge thing. You know, it seems like you're taking shots at Dale, Daryl Morey. It doesn't, it doesn't seem very professional to yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it, and like I said, it does seem like he's a sellout. So that, that did kind of bother me. Um, yeah. And once again, this like, like you said, it would have been better if he just didn't say anything. Cause we know in the past, LeBron has not been scared to, to call people out, even politically. He had that whole thing with Donald Trump oh, yeah. when, when that first happened. And somebody asked him if he was his buddy or not. He said, no, he's not my buddy. Yeah. And he called him a fool on Twitter or something like that. So it's not like in the past he hasn't been scared to do these things. But when he did that, that didn't really hurt him. Exactly. Exactly. So, and uh, and my thing is like, yeah, I I don't have I don't have any problem with LeBron doing that, saying whatever he wants to say. Like he has the platform to exactly. He has the platform. It's not the twelfth guy on the bench saying this. It's LeBron James. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So I, 
I don't have a problem with my athletes being political. I don't, I don't really care if, um, I, I am not asking my athletes to be, you know, Michael Jordan, just, you know, yeah, just, just go to the game and gamble and, and that's come back the next day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like that's, I think he, I think he made a mistake. Um, but anyway, on to our next topic, a uh, little more NBA news since we're not getting a whole lot of it, but the NBA starts tomorrow, I believe. Mm-hmm. Exciting stuff. Um, Finally. Zion Williamson torn meniscus right before the NBA season starts. Mm-hmm. Actually, wait, is it today's Tuesday, right? No, today's, today's Monday. Monday. I'm wow. <laughs> he was right, guys. It's tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> almost, almost. Anyway, uh, Zion Williamson torn meniscus before, before the NBA season starts. Now, through the preseason uh, NBA Summer League, these Zion injuries have been kind of more worrisome. Mm-hmm. The way that I look at it, he's a six foot, six foot nine, mm-hmm. uh, 280 pound freight train of a human being. Mm-hmm. But he, and he's so explosive, but there's so much, there's so much weight and so much power going through his body. I worry about his jumps and how he lands. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of something that scares me because like humans 280 pound humans should not be able to have 48 inch verticals and not even how high he jumps how quick he gets off the ground yeah it looks like he puts no effort to it it's like a Russell Westbrook kind of thing exactly no it's crazy it's crazy so it it scares me um, when you see athletes like this because you see the you see these explosive athletes and obviously the one that comes to mind who uses explosiveness like outstandingly it was Russell uh, sorry no Derek, Derek Rose, mm-hmm. um, absolutely outstanding athlete, you know, got so up, was so powerful, but was fragile. And, you know, we didn't see these, we didn't see these, uh, injury problems in college with Derek Rose at Memphis. That's why he went number one overall. Mm-hmm. Same uh, thing with Zion. If, if people, if people saw these injury problems, who knows, maybe Michael Beasley would have went one overall. Mm-hmm. And I know now, like in hindsight, obviously we wouldn't pick Michael Beasley number one overall. Yeah. But the thing is that, at the time, the whole conversation was, are you going to pick Derrick Rose or Michael Beasley? Because everyone thought Michael Beasley was going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he did look amazing in college and, you know, what happened. I'm still a Bees fan as a guy coming off the bench. Big time. Um, he's so much fun to watch and could drop 30, like, whenever he wants, which is kind of cool. But not much of a defensive player. Anyway. <laughs> not much. Um, anyway, uh, it's it's Derrick Rose. It's it's Greg Oden. This is the kind of, um, you you take this gamble when you select a big high overall, we've seen this with a lot of big men, mm-hmm. uh, not just Greg Oden, Sam Bowie, you know, there's, there's, I, I, the list goes on. Joel Embiid, the first three years, he mm-hmm. didn't play any games. Um, obviously now he's doing really well, but they still have to keep him on a minutes restriction. They keep, they have to, you know, yeah, limit his you always games. have to be careful with him at this point. There's no going back. And that's, that's, that's a scary thing for a guy, you know, for someone who weighs 280 pounds and, uh, uh, sorry about that. Uh, for someone who weighs 280 pounds and is just like putting that much sheer force into the world and coming down with all that weight, um, not to say he's like a fat guy or anything like that, no, but, but he's, he's a big body. He's yeah, no, he's he's strong. Like he's Arnold Schwarzenegger of a basketball player, you mm-hmm. know. But he can jump 40 inches higher than Arnold ever could. I know it's he's it's, not human, and it's obviously if you're, um, we're not saying here, you know. These are things that you really have to take into account whether or not you pick him first overall. If you have the first overall pick in this track, you pick Zion Williamson. I don't okay. know. John Morant looked pretty good. But yes. Okay. We might disagree, but I would I a hundred percent with the skill set that he has and how dominant he is, 
I'd pick Zion Williamson 10 times out of 10, right? But you do always have this idea in the back of your mind with guys that jump this high when these kind of things happen and they get hurt. And the, and the worst part is, right, it's not like we're saying here, I mean, you know, God forbid we don't want another kind of injury to happen, but this isn't an upper body thing. This is his knees. Okay. Yeah. And this is, this is a meniscus thing. And whenever you hear meniscuses, ACLs, anything kneecap down, you just think of Derek Rose. You think of, <laughs> exactly. And you, you think of Derek Rose and you think worst case scenario, because you, when you hear about young rookies like this, when, with this guy's ability and how high he can jump, what kind of an athlete he is, the last thing, his meniscus? exactly. The last thing you want to hear is something happened to his knees of all things. And that's yeah. not, you know, that's really not a, a good thing to hear, especially right before the season starts. He's going to miss 20 games. Yeah. That's not, that's, that's a, what? That's a, a decent amount of the season. A, that's a one quarter, fourth right yeah, there. That's a quarter of the season. Yeah. So, and you know, you, you could make the argument, even that New Orleans even kind of looks like a playoff team this year where they could sneak in one of those top eight, they, top eight they've seeds, They've been right? playing well together. Drew Holiday looks good. Lonzo looks like a new man. Mm -hmm. um, JJ Redick was a great addition that they had. I think they have a solid team. I think they could, they have the potential to slip into the eight seed. Now with the Zion injury, I'm, I'm not so with sure. With the Zion though. injury, exactly. You, you start to question that a little season? bit. Yeah. So uh, this is the last thing you want to see if you're if you're a member of the organization right now or that a Pelicans fan <laughs> or if you're a Pelicans fan right that you don't want to see your number one generational player have to set off for 20 games of the season now this is not a good omen yeah this guy's this guy and he's been the most hyped athlete we've seen in the NBA since LeBron James mm -hmm. the, the, the guy's been all over the place since he was in high school and I, yeah he wasn't as big in high school as he was but I remember seeing. The, the vines. Yeah, like the highlight videos and whatnot. Instagram videos of him just jumping out of the gym, jumping over people. And then he did the same thing in college. Now he's going to do the same thing in the NBA. And you know what? He's looked really good in the preseason. Mm -hmm. But that's the thing, you know, uh, health. Health is what worries me. Hmm. Anyway, uh, now that we've gotten our NBA talk done, on to the NFL. We have a couple of interesting things including sunday night football eagles cowboys and i know that we're stationed here in new york so talking about this game is going to upset literally everyone mm -hmm. but last thing everyone wants to hear about here is a giants fan <laughs> how about them boys <laughs> how about them boys coming back after that horrible loss against green bay um, they lost to the jets last week and lost to the jets i'm sorry two games in a row yeah. they lose to a pretty good green bay team and then they Lose to a god-awful Jets team that are playing my Patriots tonight. Um, now, I don't want to... I mean, the, uh, granted, granted, the Jets are a different team with Sam Darnold in. Granted, they're a different team, but that doesn't excuse you to lose to them, in my yeah, opinion. Right? I, yeah, I, the, the Cowboys should beat the Jets. Top-bottom roster, they should beat the Jets. On paper and on the field, they should beat the Jets, and they didn't. But even after, like, I'm still hesitant to really hop on this Cowboys train yet. I really am after these past two losses. Oh, understandably so. Mm -hmm. I, I'm hesitant to hop on the Cowboys train, but I'm even more hesitant to hop on the Eagles train. Mm -hmm. They seem so inconsistent. They have high highs where they beat the Packers and then low, low. What was this? This was awful. And I know they're injured. They're kind of coming back from injury right now. Their team's beat up and stuff like that. But this team, this is not the team that won the Super Bowl two years ago. No. I think people need to understand that this team is older. And what's the glaring difference between those two teams? I think the Cowboys are hungrier. Not even the Cowboys. I'm saying the Eagles from the Super oh. Bowl and the Eagles now. Oh, they were hungry back then. In my opinion, it's their defensive secondary. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, that I'll give you that. Yeah, Dar Darby doesn't look that great. They look horrible. Yeah. And when they and when they made that Super Bowl run, they were that was like an ironclad defense in the back. That's true. They Fletcher were, Cox up front, too. That, yeah, that team was scary. I mean, they still got Fletcher Cox, but still. Yeah, and it, it just... It didn't look like they used to look. They just looked beat up. And you're right. They also didn't look hungry. They like, absolutely. Yeah, they look. 
They 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 look like they came in, thought this was gonna be, you know, some weak Cowboys team that they could mm-hmm. just roll over and they laid an egg. They they did not it was it was bad. And this was this was their opportunity to get a leg up in the division big time, playing in Dallas after those two losses and get a division win over them. And Dallas made them look horrible. Not taking the performance away from Dallas, too. Ezekiel Lillard had a touchdown. I think he had like 150 yards. Mm-hmm. They finally gave him the ball. Dak Prescott played really well. Dak Prescott played really well. And uh, we've had this discussion before. Dak re- pretty much only plays well when what happens? When they run the ball. When they run the ball. And when they run the ball and they run it successfully. And mm-hmm. that happened last night. Well, that happens with a lot of quarterbacks. You see um, you see why Jared Goff's struggling so much right now. Because mm-hmm. Todd Gurley's got arthritis and he can't move anymore. Mm-hmm. The guy ran for less than two and a half yards per carry yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely pitiful. But when you can run run the football efficiently, then you play action opens up. Um, these these extended drives, It's you don't just have to dink and dunk anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, or as, what uh, what's it called? Who who always says dink and dak? Dink and dak. I want to say, was it Joel Klatt or something like that? Maybe, I'm not exactly sure. Someone, I, it, might, it might be Coward, I don't even know. But uh, yeah, no, Dak Prescott looked like a, he looked like a franchise quarterback last night and they... Right now, if if things keep on going the way they they are, I um I'm sticking by my pick for the Cowboys to win that division. Yeah, I mean I I really want to pick them, but I don't want to commit just yet because the atrocity that was the last two weeks before this. Um, but but also I really just want the Cowboys to walk into these next couple of weeks and just just look at this game footage and say, okay, what do we do differently? We started off running the ball, and I saw a lot of the stats too from this that if a, a significant majority of the first downs they have started off with the run. Right. Yeah. And the Cowboys did really well on third down yesterday, too, because probably a lot of those situations where they were on third down, it wasn't third and eight or third and nine or third and ten. It was third and two. Right. Yeah. Where you could punch in with one of the best backs in the game, like set yourself up for good, solid, long drives that will make your quarterback's life easier and will make him look better. And I think a lot of that is um, is Kellen Moore making adjustments. So mm-hmm. um, props, props to Kellen Moore. I think uh, he's the new offensive coordinator for the Cowboys. I think that was a really good move. I think. uh He's a smart guy. You know, he used to be the quarterback for Boise State. It was a third stringer for the Cowboys for a little bit mm-hmm. um, back in the back in the days when Tony Romo was playing. But yeah, no, I, I like him a lot as an OC. I think uh, I think the the Cowboys have got a solid future, and they've got a they've got such a great core of young players. Mm-hmm. There's, There's so no excuse at this point. There really isn't. No, there isn't to not take this division. Yeah, it's it's theirs for the taking. Uh, speaking of this division, uh, something I wanted to get on was the um, Cardinals-Giants game. Mm-hmm. Where is your savior, New York? <laughs> Where is your savior? Where your, is he now? Your savior turns turns seems to be uh, turning the ball over a whole lot. Which is what you kind of expect as a young quarterback, so you, you know I won't ma- go crazy on him, but I'm, I feel like this is like an I told you so moment. You know how many time how many interceptions uh, Kyler Murray has thrown on this, on this little win streak that the uh, Cardinals are on right now? How many? Zero. Donut. Zero. You know how many interceptions Daniel Jones has thrown this season? This season? This season. I don't want to guess, but I'm going to say more than, let's say more than seven. He's thrown seven. He's thrown seven. He's thrown seven in six games. Not great. Reminds me a little bit of Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and here's the thing. He's also lost lost uh, fumbles four times. So, the, mm-hmm. and look, I understand. I'm not, I'm not going to get on him huge right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say, hey, look, I was right the entire time, even though I'm feeling a little bit like it right now. Because look, Peyton Manning's rookie season, he threw 28 interceptions and 28 touchdowns. He was mm-hmm. able to cut it down. So I will reserve judgment. The thing I've been saying this entire time is that, um, is that I need to give him time 
to make my decision on what I think he is or on how he'll be. Uh, it can't just be this season. It's got to be next season to see how he improves or how mm-hmm. defenses switch when they look at him. Um, and if you're the Giants right now, and you're sorry to cut you off, but if you're if you're the Giants right now or you're a fan, you don't get the privilege now to start freaking out and want to switch back to Eli Manning or something drastic like that. Oh, please you don't made, do that. Please, like, let's be real here. We understand he's struggling right now. This is not the craziest thing that's ever happened to a rookie quarterback. But please, if you know, if especially if you're a fan, you got to have some restraint here and have a little bit of flexibility to know that you're going to have those highs of highs when he won that game in Tampa Bay. And then this is going to happen, especially in this kid's first season, right? You drafted this kid super duper early because you wanted him to take over for Eli Manning and, and the organization made the decision to do it the next season. So you're going to have to live with these bumps going down the road. And honestly, if you're a Giants fan and you're, and you're pretty realistic about how the season's going to play out, I don't think you have much of an expectation that you will A, win the division or B, make, a, make some sort of a case for a wild card. So I don't think there's too much to go crazy over here, but is it a little bit alarming with the amount of turnovers? I guess a little bit. How are... Uh... How my question is how are how are Giants fans gonna feel if their uh, Long Island counterparts uh, oh god end up going? It in, will have been years since that happened, and it's gonna be a rude awakening no, if no, it does. No, no, no. Well, their 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 Long Island counterparts uh, go in tonight and beat the Patriots. and beat the Patriots. We don't With hope Sam that happens. Darnold. I I'm kind of indifferent on it. I I don't think it'll happen. But what I want to say is Sam Darnold looked really really good last week. Mm-hmm. He looked amazing against the Cowboys, and that Cowboys defense is no joke. Mm-hmm. So I want to add that. I know that their offense has had their struggles, but Leighton Vander Esch, you know this team's this team's solid. And that 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 was something I was saying from the beginning. I was like, look, the the New York Giants decided to pick Saquon Barkley over Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold I thought was top two. I no, I said he was the best um, quarterback in that draft class. I thought it was him. Then it was uh, just as a passer. I thought Rosen was second, and then I said Baker Mayfield was third, and Lamar Jackson was fourth. Obviously, my look on Josh Rosen doesn't look great right now, but I think he hasn't gotten a fair chance. Once he gets, if one day, hopefully, he gets to a a functional franchise, maybe he can show what he's made of. Uh, but till then, I think. Um, Opinions should be reserved on Josh Rosen. Mm-hmm. Darnold, on the other hand, when he's healthy, has looked stunning. Mm-hmm. And uh, just came off mono too. Just came off mono. You now know, he's feeling good. Was hoping that his abdomen wouldn't explode or whatever. That his that his liver or his spleen wouldn't explode. Yeah, and now <laughs> he's good to go. Went, went out, played an NFL game, and is he, he? I mean, the the difference between how this Jets team is when when he's not in. And how they can't like their defense scored more points than their offense when he didn't play. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? That's 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 a ridiculous stat. That's that's stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that should not be allowed. Um, and the, the, the Jets' defense is decent, uh, but that team has more hope. That team has more everything. That team that team can score the football when Sam Darnold's in at quarterback. Uh, so I think I think they have their franchise quarterback. And future. look, even. You know, like you said before about them pulling off some miracle tonight against the Patriots, right? Um, especially coming from a Pats fan like myself. Yeah, the Patriots, they did look a lot more dominant earlier on in the season. I mean, given fine they played Washington, that was an easy game to play against. They're not a great team. But, you know, them putting 33 points on Washington, so some of those, that came a lot from their defense too. Like, they haven't looked as offensively fluid 
as it did right at the beginning of the season, in my opinion. And now Josh Gordon's out. And, you know, you look at the spread for this game. The first time they played, it was minus 16. Sam Donald's back down. Now it's minus 10, right? So do I think it's completely out of the cards for them to pull something off? No, I don't. Um, but looking at the rosters top to bottom, I would, I would expect the Patriots to easily take care of them tonight. And the thing is, is that in the Belichick era, <clears throat> excuse me, in the Belichick era, Against first and second year quarterbacks, you know what Bill Belichick's win loss record is? What is it? Nineteen and zero. <laughs> he absolutely destroys young quarterbacks, and this defense <laughs> is probably going to have a field day with the Jets. I'm not going to lie, uh, but you know what? Maybe Darnold will pull something out. Who I knows? like Darnold. He's played decently against the 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 Patriots in uh, in the past. If I was a betting man, I'd take the points, but I'd take the Patriots to win. Mm-hmm. Minus ten sounds pretty good to me. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of points. Um, but yeah, as far as that goes, um, we'll we'll see what happens tonight. Anyway, on to our next topic. Uh, the Saints, the Saints are looking good. The Saints keep winning. Mm-hmm. The Saints five and zero. Oh, Teddy B. Teddy Bridgewater is Teddy Bridgewater the future of the Saints at the quarterback position after Drew Brees retires? <sighs> I think if I think if the Saints are smart, then yeah. Um, but here's the thing. You're going off five games, right? And we're not, and believe me, I understand Teddy Bridgewater was not always a backup quarterback here. He was on Minnesota, showed a lot of promise, and then, you know, he got super duper unlucky uh, with getting hurt at a, at a really, really important time in his career when he really had the ability to kind of solidify himself in the NFL. And he got hurt, and you don't want that to happen to anybody. Um, so I think if you're the Saints, if you're super optimistic, then yeah, but you have to understand that you are gambling, right? But here's the thing. When we talk about the future of the Saints with Teddy Bridgewater, right? As a Saints fan, or if you're a part of the Saints organization yourself, if you're Sean Payton or whoever, you have to understand that you are talking about Drew Brees right now. You're not talking about some quarterback you've had for the last couple of years who is solid and you could kind of make a bit of a comparison between the two. We're talking about a Hall of Fame level quarterback, right? One of, one of the best to ever do it. Exactly. And projecting the upside of a quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater is super hard to do when you're comparing it to a guy like Drew Brees. Oh, in Teddy, the same Teddy locker Bridgewater room, right? is never going to be no, Drew Brees. I, yeah, and I understand that, but I think that people have to stay wary and not try to set that same standard. That's, yes. that's the only thing. Do I think he has the ability to become, to be kind of the future of the Saints and kind of be that leader in the locker room once he goes out and have that position? I think he's showing the promise to do so. I'm not going to jump on it right away, but I think that this, the distinction has to be made early on that, look, I'm not expecting the same ceiling that Drew Brees has with Teddy Bridgewater. Look, Teddy Bridgewater, you know who Teddy Bridgewater is? Who? He's Dak Prescott East. Mm-hmm. They're, they're smart guys. They don't turn the ball over. They're not going to wow you with, you know, bombs mm-hmm. like yeah. Patrick Mahomes does. But they're accurate throwers. They're good leaders. And they can get the job done. Mm-hmm. I could see... I. I if I'm the Saints, I hold on to Teddy Bridgewater and I, I want him to be the quarterback of the future after Drew Brees retires. Now, this whole saying that Teddy Bridgewater should keep starting when Drew Brees is healthy. That I do not agree with. That's a little extreme. This is Drew Brees we're talking about. Mm-hmm. This isn't Cam Newton. No and offense you, yeah, to and Cam you Newton. Can't, you can't compare this to the Cam thing. You can't compare this to the Carson Wentz thing. This is Drew Brees. This is different. Yeah, this is, this is, this is Peyton Manning. This is mm-hmm. Tom Brady. This is... Brett Favre. If those guys are out there, they play. You play them. That's it. You don't think twice. Yeah. There's there's no question about it. Uh, this isn't, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, those guys play no matter what. And I think, you know, this is a good problem for the for the Saints to have. Exactly. This is a good problem. They have they have two quarterbacks 
who are going to be really uh, who are extremely talented, and I think they're going to have a really good shot at um, at pushing for a Super Bowl this year. And I personally, I hope they do. After all the after all the stuff that's happened to the Saints the last couple of years, mm-hmm. with uh, not forgetting about that call last year with the Minnesota miracle and the call mm-hmm. last year, that's two Super Bowls they got robbed of. Mm-hmm. Given the first one with the Minnesota thing was. Mar- I don't know what Marshawn Lattimore was doing mis- on that play. The mistake of the year, and you wow. can't control those things. But yeah, but that was you know, and I hope they make it to the Super Bowl this year. I like this team a lot. I, they got a lot of fight in them. They they feel like they've been screwed over on you know what they have. They deserve it in, um, in a sense. So yeah, I, I'm hoping that the I'm hoping that this Saints team is good for a long time. And Sean Payton's a hell of a coach. He's a, he's a really smart guy. He's a great football mind. And at this point, how long do we give Drew Brees? Left. I'm scared that this hand injury is going to be what does him in, mm-hmm. uh, personally. We saw Peyton Manning in his last year through nine touchdowns and 18 interceptions um, and was a shell of his former self. Mm-hmm. Coming back from an, an injury, I forget what happened. I think I want to say it was something with his nerves. It could have been a foot injury too, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not 100% sure on that. But... Peyton Manning fell off a cliff that year, and it's it's just when when one of those injuries gets to you, it's so hard to recover. Well, I saw the same thing with Brett Favre, his final season in Minnesota. He hurt his ankle, and he was never the same. He mm-hmm. was not Brett Favre anymore. He was he was a shell, um, and that's the important thing for these older quarterbacks. And that's why I worry about Drew Brees. Um, so I hope his hand is all right. I hope that he can still look like himself. Granted, you know he hasn't been the Drew Brees of years past. I'm not counting on him to throw five thousand yards like he used to. Mm-hmm. all the time. Um, but I, he's a really smart guy. And that's essentially what, that's what won Peyton Manning his last Super Bowl. You know, he threw nine touchdowns and 18 interceptions that final year and was absolutely awful. But he was so smart. Mm-hmm. He was reading defenses before the play was happening. You know, Peyton Manning might have been the, the smartest pre-snap quarterback that we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And Something that, you can't teach. Yeah, then that's what, that's what won him the Super Bowl. You know, he realized, look, I can't make a bunch of throws that I was able to make early in my career. And Peyton Manning was never the, you know, mm-hmm. biggest that was bazooka yeah, arm that quarterback. He was, exactly. Uh, so he just had to play it really smart. And you know what? That won him the game. And mm. a good defense, that won him the game. And you know what? The Saints have a really good defense and they have a really smart quarterback in Drew Brees. So I think, um, I like their chances. Mm-hmm. On to our uh, next topic is another quarterback injury, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, gone down this past week on a uh, with a dislocated knee off of a quarterback sneak. Uh, the way I feel about this is that a lot of people were were gashing Andy Reid about this because you know how are you going to let your franchise quarterback do a quarterback sneak? Where Tom Brady's been doing quarterback sneaks for the last twenty two years. Yeah, and people and people love to play that card after only when the result isn't what they expected when he gets hurt. Oh, exactly. It's it's the same thing as why didn't you run the ball with Marshawn Lynch happens. at the goal line? Always happens if they hindsight twenty twenty. Exactly. Yeah. If yeah, if things end up differently, then no one questions it. That's the thing. Quarterback sneaking. You're going it, as a quarterback. Look, I've had to do about two quarterback sneaks in my life. <laughs> I didn't get a whole lot of playing time, but you know what? In practice, I did a lot of quarterback sneaks. And when what, no one else is watching. You know, <laughs> and what would happen is you you get the ball. These are short yarded situations. You're trying to get a yard, maybe two. And as a quarterback, you are looking at the dirt. You are not looking mm-hmm. to to get these extra yards or anything. No, you're you are, looking to pick up those, those you are six holding, feet right there. You're That's holding it. on to the ball for dear life, mm-hmm. and you're going straight to the dirt. 
mm-hmm. and making a little push behind your offense alignment. You know, this is not this is not a thing. You're not trying to get hit by anyone. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes was not trying to get hit. It was a freak accident. Someone hit his knee mm-hmm. and he got dislocated. Luckily, uh, luckily for the for the future of football, for for his future, for his sake, and for the Kansas City Chiefs, um, there was no ligament damage. Mm-hmm. There was no excess. They got they got a best case scenario on the MRI. The injury is going to be three to six weeks. And now, look, this hurts his MVP chances. Mm-hmm. But which you don't care about if you're Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Yeah, this is a Super Bowl team. This yeah. is what you care about. And this team, at the end of the day, this team is going to be in a position to win the Super Bowl. Now, they are going to be in a position, but this really looks like the Patriots are going to have home field advantage in the AFC. Yeah, this is this is the one thing if you're if you're the Chiefs, right? You're optimistic that you can pull out these next three to six weeks and have kind of a favorable record in that. But that's a big if because you're losing a, a very central part of your team who just threw 50 touchdowns last year. Um, and, and you're 100% right. You kind of are giving up home field to the Patriots if they keep on playing the way that they are. Now, anything could happen, right? The Patriots went to Kansas City last year and they won the game. That's so true. But, but there's chances always. But you would, with this kind of playoff picture, it matters a lot, right? And the Patriots going into Kansas City last year and winning is the exception. It's not the norm. Exactly. Um, and you know what? And I'll say that Kansas City is an extremely hard place to play. Um, Arrowhead, you know, there was, it was, it was, I want to say it was nine years, eight years of the Chargers going to Arrowhead and hadn't won a game mm-hmm. up until last year when the Chargers were on their weird run. Mm-hmm. Um, they got, they got great fans out in Arrowhead. Uh, but the thing is like, Foxborough, if you have to play a game in Foxborough in January, who who wants to go to there? I mean, I I was there a couple of weeks ago, but it was not the the weather that it's going to be at that point in the year. Yeah, um, that, that's the thing. Also, like I can't think about the quarterbacks who have won games in Foxborough in January that are not named Tom Brady. I believe the list stops at Joe Flacco. I was going to say Manning. yeah, Joe Flacco and Peyton Manning. That's it. And Joe Flacco. <laughs> Look, I don't Peyton know. Peyton Manning, you could get. That game, a little bit different with, uh, with Joe Flacco. But the Patriots also did get lucky with the Ravens once, so yeah, they missed a kick. That's so. true. And you know what? Joe Flacco, is uh, he's got, what's it called? He's got Eli Manning. He has that, the same that, kind that, of that, stat, that gene, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. where it's just like Eli Manning, Nick Foles, and, and Joe Flacco are, you know, these average, average quarterbacks that somehow when it comes January, they're, yeah, they have the same kind of pedigree and they're they, the MVP. And I'm like a crazy thing. It makes no sense, but you know what? It's kind of cool. So, um, what I want to say is that next three weeks are not easy on the Kansas city chiefs. And that's what I worry about when they're losing, uh, when they're losing time to, to new England, they have to, they have the Packers at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Vikings at home and then the, the Titans in Tennessee and the Titans are whatever, mm-hmm. but the Packers look really good right now. So do the Vikings. And yeah, I was going to say the Vikings look scary. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins is finally learning how to throw the football. Yeah. Well, as soon as Kirk Cousins got off his podcast and then he decided to throw touchdowns to Adam Thielen and you should and be winning games. You should be especially worried because guess what time the, the Vikings chiefs game is. 1 p.m. 1 <laughs> 1 p.m. That's that's prime time Kirk Cousins. I've never seen a quarterback play better than Kirk Cousins at 1 p.m. I know. <laughs> and we better hope that, you know, if you're Kansas City, you better not hope that he has that kind of game too, but this is a scary well, situation. And plus Mahomes and you got to look at your defense. You got exactly. <laughs> you got to look at your defense too if you're Kansas City. And yeah, then when, and when when Mahomes comes back too, a big part of Patrick Mahomes' game is that he's mobile. 
Okay. It's not just that, okay, he has a cannon of an arm. Patrick Mahomes has the ability when the pocket breaks down to first of all, make defensive linemen miss and then go on the run to the left or the right side of the field and make throws that no one else can make. But if, you, if you're going to get to that point to make those throws, you have to at least be able to run there and avoid some defenders, right? Mm-hmm. You dislocate your knee. You're going to think twice. Oh yeah. You got to be careful. doing that. Right. And a, that's a big part of Pat Mahomes' game. That's why Andy Reid trusts him so much. Cause he knows if the play breaks down, something might happen. And I hope that when he comes back, they're at least a little bit more conservative in their play calling because you don't want him to get hurt again. Oh yeah, if he gets if he gets hurt again, if mm-hmm. he's you know, the 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 season relies on Patrick Mahomes. They're not winning entirely. A Bowl, they're not winning a playoff game if Patrick Mahomes is not their quarterback. Mm-hmm. That that's that's their entire game. You look at their offense. They're first in passing yards. They're twenty fifth in rushing. <laughs> they're fourth in total yards per game. And they're a really talented team, but they're a really talented team when Patrick Mahomes is in. And I know Andy Reid's a great play caller. He made Alex Smith look amazing for many years. I'm sure he'll do fine with Matt Moore. Mm-hmm. But Matt Moore is not as good as Alex Smith, and Matt Moore is nowhere near as good as Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Alex Smith couldn't win a, a playoff game in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. So you need Patrick Mahomes, and you need him healthy. And in future years, you need to get Patrick Mahomes help because otherwise it can't just be, you know, Hey Pat, go go just win the Mahomes show. Yeah, yeah, throw fifty touchdowns every year. It's not going to happen. Like what what Aaron Rodgers has been doing the past eight years. You know how many Super Bowls has he won? One. One. When they had a good defense and a solid running game. Exactly. That's the thing. So that's not a recipe to win championships. Anyway, on to our last conversation of the day is uh, the NFL MVP. So we know who Cole is going to pick for the NFL MVP. I'm guessing you all know. You, you can start. You can start with yours. I'll get to mine. Um, so for this one, I was kind of, uh, between picking either, uh, Christian McCaffrey or Russell Wilson, um, which is respectable. Christian McCaffrey has been absolutely amazing this entire year. Um, yeah, he's it, been having one of those Adrian Peterson like seasons, and this is why you kind of want to pick a guy like that. Um, the first time a, a, a running back won the MVP since Adrian Peterson. So. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, you like to see that kind of variety a little bit. Mm-hmm. The only reason I'm leading more a little bit towards Russell Wilson, a lot of people sometimes make the argument I've been seeing lately, you know, because people are thinking about, you know, Aaron Rodgers kind of deserves the MVP, which I think is what Cole's going to say. Um, a lot of people usually like to say that Russell Wilson, okay, he's just a poor man's Aaron Rodgers. I know they're very different, but I think no, because the reason I kind of I hear that argument a lot is that smart quarterback like Aaron Rodgers mm. doesn't throw picks mm. like Aaron Rodgers, super smart on the ball. He can make pretty good throws and he's mobile like Aaron Rodgers. Now, I'm not saying they're the same exact player. They're not, but I think I you think see Wilson's more mobile. Yeah. OK, you can make that argument, too. But you see kind of they have the same kind of cognitive ability when they're on the field. Yes. Um, the reason I'm picking I'd like to see Russell Wilson win it is because I, you know, if Put any other quarterback on this team. Seattle's not this good. Now, given they just lost yesterday to an awesome performance by Lamar Jackson, right? I don't think that this hurts them that much as a team. That was just an awesome performance by him. Um, But I think with how smart he's being on the field, he's not throwing picks. He's utilizing everybody on the field. And he's really being kind of a general with this team right now. He owns this team. It's not like he has like a Marshawn Lynch to lean back on, right? He's making these running backs look good. They're getting involved in the game. And he's being able to make these 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 shots to receivers. And it's not like he's working with the greatest receivers in the NFL, mm. if we're being real here. Oh, yeah. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Are you kidding me? Exactly. So that's why I kind of want to make the case for, for Russell Wilson. If he sustains this kind of play, doesn't turn the ball over and starts and keeps on wowing us with his ability and how freaking smart he is on the field. 
to not give the give the game to the other team in terms of turnovers. My point, I'm not taking anything away from Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson has played absolutely fantastically this season. Um, my problem is that the Seahawks are falling under the same problem that the Chiefs are and that they're relying on Russell Wilson Too much, so yeah. much to win the game. That defense is not really fooling anyone. I know they got Javion Clowney, but they got serious holes. And Bobby Wagner's really good, but th- that team needs help. They're not the Legion of Boom anymore. No one's no one's confusing them for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but this team needs Russell Wilson to win. And so it's it's going to be... I'm just not sure if every every single week that Russell Wilson's going to be able to pull a rabbit out of a hat mm-hmm. and, and win these games. I, I don't think that's a, a good business model. And I don't think... I think that's going to be really hard to do in his division looking at how good those teams are. Arizona's looking a lot better. San Francisco looks Amazing. incredible. Mm-hmm. And the Rams are no joke. They just went to the Super Bowl. They were defending NFC champions. That's a really tough schedule. You know, you got to play every one of those teams twice. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not sure if I can... Look, if, if there's someone that could do it, it's, it's Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. They could pull a rabbit out of their hat, win those games, mm-hmm. um, and pull off the MVP. So I'm not doubting Russell Wilson's ability to do it. I'm just saying that the odds are not in his favor. Now, the uh, <laughs> the quarterback I think is going to win MVP this year um, solely depending on health, but he's got help around him now. Um, he doesn't need to win every game, but when when he does or when he when he puts on a vintage performance like we know he's capable of, you, you can just see how much fun he's having. You can see how how he looks like he's having a better time out there on the field. And, you know, to become the first quarterback in Packer history with with Bart, uh, not Bart Starr, or no, yeah, Bart Starr, Bart Starr, uh, Brett Favre, great quarterbacks in Packer history. And you're the first one to have a perfect pass rating, 158.3. He had six touchdowns. He only threw six interceptions yesterday. And look, I get it's against the Raiders. But... But Aaron Rodgers has been playing really well this entire season and people haven't been paying attention. Yeah, he's not putting up the the fantasy football amazing numbers outside of yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, yesterday he got me 44 points on my fantasy team, so I was pretty happy about that. But mm-hmm. other than that, he's he's not been putting up amazing, like crazy out there stats, but he doesn't have to. The, the running game is going well. And at the end of the day, when you're looking at MVP candidates, it's going to be about wins and losses. That's going to be a big factor into who wins the MVP. Cam Newton won the MVP when the Panthers went 15 and 1. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes won the MVP. They went 14 and 2. You know, it matters to win games. And I'm not saying that McCaffrey uh can't win the MVP if he keeps on having a season. If he if he rushes for a thousand yards and receives for a thousand yards, he should probably win MVP. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's possible. That's kind of like alien numbers, but um that's kind of a surefire way to win the MVP if you're Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> that, that would be that would be absolutely insane. But I don't know if the Panthers can win enough games. You know, Cam Newton's going to come back eventually, and are they going to be able to keep this success going? Who knows? Uh, and then Russell Wilson, you know, you're putting a lot, you're putting all your eggs in the Russell Wilson basket, and that's kind of the problem that you see there. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I feel really good about Aaron Rodgers in the NFC. I think they're going to be one of the toughest teams to beat out there. I think Lambo's going to be really hard to play in when the weather gets cold, and Aaron Rodgers knows how to play in Lambo in cold weather. Um, and I think he's really just starting to get his stride in with this Matt Lafleur offense because I know Matt Lafleur is a smart guy, mm-hmm. and I think Aaron respects him for that. 
so now that this offense is clicking and you're seeing what Aaron Rodgers can do in it, you're seeing how well they can run the ball. You're seeing this new defense, Zedarius Smith, Preston Smith, these guys be able to rush the quarterback and get the ball back in Aaron Rodgers' hands. This guy could win MVP. Mm-hmm. And you, so, yeah, you could you could easily make an, an argument for for Aaron Rodgers winning the MVP, but just honestly, just based off the upside that his team provides compared to, you know, Russell Wilson's situation. I think that's a good argument that when you have the pieces around you like that, this give Aaron Rodgers the chance to really show what he's made of as he's done in the past several times. Mm-hmm. What he did yesterday with that performance, like you can't name five people at the top of your head that could do that. 25 completions, 429 yards, 158.3 passer rating, five touchdowns passing and, and one rushing. Yeah. Like you, like you think about those kind of numbers and it's like, you know, dude's not conscious, right? He's just <laughs> in the zone right there. He's just that this is all instinct. This is something you can't teach. Right. So this is, if, if he continues this kind of play and you just go off the basis of how of the upside that his team is showing right now and the pieces he has around him and, and the coaching that's being provided to and him. And what we know Aaron Rodgers can do. And what you know he could do as a cherry on top. You can make a very good argument as to why Aaron Rodgers is probably going to win MVP. So if you're going to make that kind of argument, you have a lot of evidence to back yourself up. And that's why I feel pretty good about it. If, um, and this is not this is not who I'm saying is MVP right now. If this season ended today, obviously I still think it would probably be Patrick Mahomes based off of the you know performance he's done. But I don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to be the quarter or is going to be at the end of the season because he's missing all these games. Yeah. Uh, so I just I, that takes him out. That was why that was why Carson Wentz didn't win MVP a couple years back because he missed the final four games. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking forward now that 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 really breaks this MVP race wide open. I my as uh, if I'm a betting man, I'm putting my money on Aaron Rodgers. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that uh, that right there is our show today, everyone. Thank you for tuning in short episode short episode but uh we're glad you got we got you the information we hope you enjoyed this uh and we'll be back next monday you know that so we'll see you then uh for everyone in wilmington delaware thank you uh and good night and quick shout out to stavros reynolds friend of mine goes to alabama goes to the university of alabama he wanted to shout out here to stavros we love you (laughs) we love you stavros (laughs) 